1: A 20-yard attempt. Josh Harris, the snapper, he'll call to the place, he'll hold it. Byron waits for the snap to the place. There it is, the kick is up, the kick is good! Auburn wins! 22-19! What's going on everybody and welcome to another episode of the Auburn Day Podcast. My name is Noble. I'm joined here with my co-host, Wheeler. Today, we have a really fun podcast. It's, you know, Selection Sunday is behind us. Auburn has our bracket. We know where we sit. We know where all the teams are and all the matchups, and we're going to get into a lot of those today. For those that missed it, Auburn is put in the Midwest section of the bracket as a two-seed, the first overall two-seed to the fifth overall seed in the tournament, and we'll be taking on Jacksonville State the 15th seed in the first round and we will be playing the winner of the 7-10 matchup, which is USC and Miami. So, Wheeler, I'm going to let you start us off. Just kind of give us your thoughts, uh, just kind of how your thoughts were unfolding as you were just kind of watching the selection show and seeing, you know, certain teams being put in different regions and how do you think or how do you like the region that Auburn is in from an immediate perspective and from a wider perspective of making a potential run uh a deep run in this tournament
0: well we've talked all year about I mean you keep or kept trying to bring up who do you think the best one seed was and I think I typically was rage quitting on you and saying it doesn't matter who the one seed is in the bracket but if we don't start shooting better but you know I got a little high I started seeing you know here in the CBS tournament music I saw John Rothstein and I was like it's tournament time baby we're about to make a run let's go And so I started looking, you know, ahead at the one seed. I think matchup-wise, Kansas was by far the best team that we could have been matched up with as a one seed. I feel like they are the most vulnerable one seed out of all of these. Uh, Gonzaga would be the worst to play, in my opinion. Uh, I'm hoping for Gonzaga to get upset because I think that out of all the teams in the field, uh, we would struggle with Drew, Timmy, and Chet um i just don't know that i mean the way that walker plays he struggles against guys that are that play like timmy and like chet so that's good that we have kansas um you know i was a i was tweeting at Rostin this week trying to get uh the alabama uab momentum going and i guess it just didn't uh I don't know why the committee thought that it was not a fun idea to have Alabama play UAB. Uh, I just thought that that would be awesome. Like, why would you not want to have the team that will it, like refuses to play their in-state rival? Um, and everybody will say, you know, Alabama's was a six seed, uh, UAB was a twelve seed. You could easily have made Alabama a five seed or made UAB an eleven seed. Um, that would have been a super intriguing matchup. I'm sad that didn't happen. Uh, but, you know, they gave us the in-state matchup with Jacksonville State. Uh, you know, Jacksonville State is in the tournament for a reason. But, uh, you know, they played Alabama this year, and Alabama only won by six. That was really uh, – Alabama was playing some really bad basketball at that time. I went and was looking at the box score just to kind of see light. What happened on that night? Alabama shot 26% from three point land. Like, Alabama has not had a lot of games where they're shooting 26% from three point land. Uh, and they got out rebounded on the offensive boards 13 to 11 against a team that has like no height. Jacksonville State was 5 and 6 at the time. Uh, they had a tough time during their non con schedule, as a lot of these tournaments you know these get these teams that are chasing the tournament from the smaller conferences um they won their you know regular season title but heck so did auburn and uh we played a much more rigorous schedule than they did um they started off the season you know lost to wichita state the thing is though they had a lot of losses at the beginning of the season but they weren't bad losses so you know Wichita State they lost by 3 Troy they lost 2 but they lost in triple overtime they lost to Valparaiso I'm going to be honest I have zero idea about Valparaiso basketball and that It sounds like it's in
1: Texas. To... So I mean take that however you will. It was in the uh Nassau Championship. I don't really know what that means either. But you know take it however you will.
0: Yeah, uh they beat a couple of other teams that I've heard the names of before, but again, Drexel and Elon. I don't know anything about their basketball programs, those are meaningless stats to me. They go on to lose to South Alabama by ten, and VCU by fourteen. Um, and then round out their non-conference. Well, I guess not rounded out. They played Lagrange College, which I mean, they're like NAIA. That's that's not doesn't even count.
1: Uh, a typical. And, this is a uh, a typical thing that Albert or that we have gone back to multiple times on the podcast. That you cannot take again. You cannot consider a game for a team's resume if the team that they play doesn't have a logo uploaded to the SBNF. And yeah, Jacksonville my, State had three of those such games.
0: And if my grandmother didn't live in Lagrange, I would have no idea that Lagrange had a college. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh well. Um, so needless to say, they're 21 and 10. They played a lot of nobodies. Uh, they've got, you know, a couple of guys that are over 6'7, but you know, they're not the biggest team in the world. They've got a center from Slovakia who's 6'11, 265. Um, and then a couple of tall forwards, but for the most part, they're kind of a smaller team. Um, Auburn ought to be able to have their way. I'm just hoping that Auburn doesn't get into the trap of taking all these threes like they did against Texas A&M. This seems like a primetime game to run that high ball screen action um, in a place where Walker will hopefully be able to get kind of back in his groove of blocks, and we ought to be able to out-rebound them if we give effort and energy. So, as is typical with a 2-15 to matchup, You should win the game. You should win the game by 15-plus. It shouldn't be that difficult. I don't think that Auburn has to shoot especially well to win the game. But also, Auburn has had good history against teams that are not as athletic as they are, that even if they start a half shooting poorly, that they figure out that they can just dominate down low. Uh, I would expect this to be like a lot of our early season games where you know the first 10 minutes it's still tied and then we end up winning by 30 um maybe not 30 but you know what i'm saying this kind of reminds me of a murray state but not quite as good as murray state level basketball team um that we should win you know 10 to 15 points so i think that's a good matchup i don't love our Potential round of 32 matchup, you've got a super hot Miami team that made a deep run in the uh, ACC tournament, almost beat Duke, uh, lost at the very end. And then USC, who's been given UCLA fits all year. But again, that's a rivalry game for USC, so I don't know how much stock you can put into that. That's really the only USC basketball I've watched um, is when they've played UCLA. And then Miami, I've only watched them in the ACC tournament.
1: Yeah, and so when when you look at this, you, you look at the draw that Auburn had. In my opinion, I think that Jacksonville State is one of the worst 15 seeds in the tournament. I, I, would, I would venture to say they could be the worst. And also, you know, most of the time when you have a 16, 15, 14 seed, and a lot of the time with you know, most mid-majors that make the tournament as a, you know, a, a higher seed, a lot of the time, something that you're like, well, yeah, they might not be that good, but they're hot because, you know, most of the time it's because they, the reason they're there is because they won the conference tournament. Jacksonville State does not have that, you know, factor with them. For those who don't know, Jacksonville State is in the same conference as Bellarmine and Bellarmine is the team that actually won their conference tournament and beat Jacksonville, not Jacksonville State, they beat Jacksonville in the SEC tournament, or not the conference tournament title. But Bellarmine is in a transitional period, which is, in my opinion, the stupidest rule in the NCAA, that you have to wait four years from transitioning to D2 to D1 before you can make the tournament. So even though Bellarmine won their conference tournament, they can't make the tournament, the NCAA tournament. And so the rule that they go to is whoever won the regular season goes. So Jacksonville State, who lost in the semifinals of their conference tournament, is now in the tournament. So Jacksonville State is not hot. They don't belong in this tournament. And, and that, that, that's, that's a fact of the matter. If you ask anybody that watches college basketball, they would tell you Bellarmine is the team from that conference that deserves to be in, in the tournament. So the Jacksonville State isn't really flaming hot. They kind of have that you know monkey in the back of their minds saying, you really shouldn't be here. Uh, this team has an 0 and two record against quad 1 teams, one and one against quad two, three and two against quad three, and 15 and 5 in quad 4. I mean, they haven't played a real team in a very long time. I mean, the vast majority of their conference sits at the Quad 4 spot. I mean, this is just Jacksonville State should not be on the same court as Auburn. And I think that this is the kind of game where, Yes, you have to play well, but at the same time, our ta- we are so much more talented than these guys that we're going to win, and I'm really not worried about this Jacksonville State game at all. I think we win this game by 15 to 20 points. I'm very confident about this matchup. Now, the I do agree with you about the potential USC and Miami matchup. That one's a little worrisome, but, you know, Auburn does have... I, I thought that Auburn had a favorable draw in this in this tournament. You know, I think if you look at it, I, I'm pretty sure that Miami and USC both have the lowest net rating out of any of their other seeds. So, USC is the lowest of all the seven seeds net-wise. Miami is lowest of all the ten seeds net-wise. I mean... That's that that's what you want, you know? And I think that the only really, you know the only divi- the only section I would rather have been in was the draw that Kentucky got. Kentucky got St. Peter's in the first round, will play the winner of Murray State and San Francisco, and in all likelihood the three seed that'll come out of that will be Purdue. So, you know, Purdue and Wisconsin I think are pretty similar. Uh, but I like the top of our bracket a little bit more than the top of that Kentucky bracket. But I do think that Auburn and Kentucky got the most favorable draws out of two seeds in the NCAA tournament, which is nice that we don't have to go through the gauntlet bracket of death that we went through in 2019. So, I mean, USC is a slightly concerning team because of their length. They're, they're very long one through five, and it can cause some problems for Auburn who has, you know, kind of shorter, guards and you know really average size small forward but you know good length down low but the length could pose a problem for Auburn but if you know if you haven't really watched a ton of USC basketball they lost in the Pac-12 tournament semifinal by 10 to UCLA they won in the Pac-12 quarterfinal against an average Washington team by four they closed out the regular season with a seven point loss to UCLA they lost by 20 to Arizona at home Like these guys have had a rough, rough March. I mean, they've only won one game in March and it was to a not very good team. And Auburn's not hot by any means, but USC is cold. And USC is limping into the tournament just like Auburn is. And I would be, I would not be surprised if Miami pulled the upset on USC personally. And if you look at Miami basketball, They're an interesting case because they have some – I mean, in March, they've been hotter. They beat Boston College by 11 on the road, beat Syracuse by three on the road, beat Boston College in the ACC tournament in overtime by two. Then they lost to Duke by four. So, I mean, they've been hot in the sense that they're winning games, but they haven't really been beating juggernauts. I mean, and you look back to the end of February, they lost to Virginia Tech by one at home. Uh, they blew Pittsburgh out with Pittsburgh's absolutely horrible. They lost to Virginia at home. So Miami's not a flaming scorching hot just you know, immovable object that's coming right at you. So Miami, Auburn, really Jacksonville State and USC are all kind of limping into this tournament and trying to find something to put their heads back up. Winning two games in the NCAA tournament will put your head up high. So I think that Auburn has a, I wouldn't say a favorable road to the Sweet 16 because it's not easy to make a Sweet 16. But I like the draw that Auburn got compared to a lot of the two, three, even the one seeds that are going to be in this tournament. So, Wheeler, kind of, do you mind giving us kind of your interpretation on kind of the other sides of the bracket and some potential matchups that we might see? Uh, You know, right above us, you've got Wisconsin, Colgate, Iowa State, and LSU. Um, Do you think LSU could potentially make a run in this tournament? Do you think that Will Wade getting fired is going to really just derail their season? Or do you think it'll really motivate them and that defense can really cause problems in the NCAA tournament? We've seen that time and time again. Uh, Who do you think, if Auburn made a Sweet 16, who do you think the most likely culprit would be to be standing in Auburn's way for an
0: Elite Eight. LSU has the worst system to make a run in March as a as a low seed that I've ever seen. Because teams that make runs in March from like the sixth seed that, you know, or higher are teams that get, you know, lightning high from three free throws offense. Like, no one just becomes a defensive juggernaut to the point that they make an Elite Eight but lost enough games to be a six seed, you know. Like, your defense was clearly not that good, you know. Um, I think they can win their first round matchup. You're shaking your head. You don't tend to agree. But well, I, I think mean,
1: I think that I think that injuries really. I, I think that Auburn's defense is better than LSU's if you're looking in the conference. But I also think that LSU got hit with some injuries that made them a worse seed than they are. But I think that if Xavier Pinson stays healthy the whole year, I think that. A four or three or a four seed would be the highest they could possibly
0: get. Yeah, I just think it's tough to lose your head coach, especially. I feel like if your head coach goes away and he was just like beloved and all this stuff, it's one thing. Like he's injured and it's like let's rally for him, but it's like when he's just a nasty cheater and like you you probably knew he was a nasty cheater and he was texting people's fiance like. Here's your quiet money, and then she said, I need more dough, and he was like, nah, you ain't getting any more money. Like, he was just a slime ball. Like, he's just a nasty, nasty dude. Also, I've told the story on the pod before. Let's freaking go that his assistant that yelled at me and got restrained by Auburn PD got fired for being a cheater. High character always wins, and that's why I have this podcast, and you got fired. (laughs) (laughs) No, but for real, I think they can beat Iowa State. I don't see them making a deep run. If they beat Iowa State and Colgate somehow pulls the upset over Wisconsin, okay, yeah, they may make the Sweet 16. But I'm not looking at it saying, oh, yeah, I I have great confidence in LSU making the Sweet 16 as I I see Wisconsin making the Sweet 16. that Wisconsin won the regular season in a brutal, brutal conference in the Big Ten. Um, They ought to be able to handle both Colgate and LSU. I'm not concerned about that as much. Kind of looking up for what we could potentially face. You know, this is looking way, way ahead into the Elite Eight. Um, I think Iowa is a strong, strong team to be a five seed. Uh, They made it to the Big Ten Championship. They won the Big Ten Championship uh, tournament. I'm really high on the Big Ten teams right now. Um, big Tim was good basketball this year. Winning a conference championship is a big deal that that five seed that just won a really difficult conference championship is so similar to what Auburn did on their final four runs. So watch out for that Iowa team to make a good run. Um, and then Kansas, I mean, Kansas is a good team. Everybody's probably saying, well, duh, they're the one seed. But I mean, there's a reason teams are a one seed, um, you know Iowa's got a tough draw playing a Providence team that's coming out of the Big East, but I don't know. I just I have a lot of confidence in Iowa, so I would look for Iowa or Kansas to be the team that busts out of that uh, side of the bracket and potentially plays us in in the lead eight game.
1: Yeah, and I'd be I'd be really interested. You know, for anyone listening to this podcast that you know is trying to get some more insight on their own bracket. Creighton is a team that I'm really high on. They are a nine seed, but, I mean, they played in an absolute brutal division in the Big East. Uh, They made a run in the Big East championship and ended up losing to Villanova by six in the Big East title. Like, yeah, they're a nine seed, but that's a really good nine seed. And, I mean, in a couple of my brackets, I've got Creighton upsetting Kansas. Now, I probably think Kansas is going to win, but I think that Creighton could be a team that could provide you know, a little bit of uh, a little bit of drama this March. And, you know, we said multiple times, I've always said, I don't want to play a Big East team. Uh, we got a little lucky that Creighton and Providence are kind of on the other side. If we did play one of those teams, we'd play them in the Elite Eight. Uh, hopefully we don't have to play one of those teams in the Elite Eight, but if we make the Elite Eight, I'm not going to be mad about who we're playing. I'll just be happy we're in the Elite Eight. So I feel like that kind of can transition to our next kind of just a spotlight on Auburn basketball as a whole, Wheeler, what do you think, or how do you, how are you thinking? Because, you know, you said we all kind of knew with your emotions, you were going to be high on this team coming in March. Like once you hear the music, once the games start going, you know, you and a lot of other Auburn fans that have been really critical of the team are going to be like, okay, yeah, I know what I've said, but it's March we're going to win the NCAA tournament. So just kind of how are you so now that you've seen the bracket what are you kind of thinking of a realistic but also something that in your heart of hearts you could realistically see
0: i think looking at the bracket the elite eight is a very obtainable goal even if the team is not on fire and i think that if you make it to the elite eight especially with how emotional this team is that the fire gets there you know you're going to have some You're going to have to have at least a couple of big moments where Jabari or KD or Wendell have a game where they just start splashing. Also, I will say this. I was really down on the team after the SEC tournament and on the last show. Here's the thing. The last half of basketball we saw Auburn play, we shot 56%. Wendell was splashing. Jabari was splashing. We were getting turnovers. And we weren't turning the ball over against Texas A&M. We were playing smart basketball. We were playing championship basketball other than missing the shots. Okay? and it's now It's happening, we have a everybody.
1: Leap. It's happening. He's <laughs> high. He's back. Wheeler is back smoking the crack. If you are listening to this podcast, you're getting excited because Wheeler is fueling the emotion for everybody.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm I'm here to excite people now because I was thinking about it. You know, I listened to the Barstool podcast with Bruce on there. I know it was before the Texas A&M game, but still just hearing Bruce's voice gave me confidence <laughs> that he was, you know, really encouraging the team. We're going to be good, man. We're going to be really good. Here's the thing. It was it was a bad shooting day in a tournament where it was the lowest shooting percentage of an SEC tournament in the history of the SEC tournament. We're in an arena with terrible sight lines. We are playing a team that is fighting for their tournament life, and we have a terrible, abysmal, horrible first half. They came back. They were mentally tough enough to have a great second half, and now they have a week. They have a whole week to get out of whatever slump that they were in. They have a week to prepare for this team, I'm telling you, when we came out after the break in between the non-conference and the LSU game, we were a new team. They're going to have fresh legs. Walker's shoulder's going to be feeling better. It's like you said, it is impossible that KD will have a game as bad as he had. If KD made one of 14 or two of 14, we're winning that Texas A&M game. We were literally two shots from a guy that was 0 of 14. That is not a big if, and, or but to winning that game against a team that made it to the championship. I'm telling you, I'm back on them. They're good. They don't have to have a great shooting thing, and I think that's perfect. I think that it's great that they can have their game on Friday morning where it does. there's not a lot of pressure into the fact that if you're not playing well, you still win the game. That's in your head. You get to see the arena in your you know shoot around your warm up the actual game you see how the arena is and you make adjustments and then off we go starting in the round of 32 i'm high let's go this is march
1: see and this is these are the kind of things where you get you really appreciate the missouri and the georgias and those kind of games where did you play well no not not in the least but if Auburn loses those, if Auburn loses those two games, we're a three or a four seed. If we lose just one of those games, we could have been a three seed. And so all of a sudden, when you're a three seed, you have to play, you know, a more talented, you know, either a Colgate or a Longwood. Um, i trying to think the other three seeds. Uh, I think Texas Tech's playing Montana State. Um, and then there's, I can't remember the other one. I think it's Yale, but. So those teams are better than Jacksonville State. And if you have to play one of those teams or the four, like all of a sudden when when you start dropping those kind of games, you're playing legit teams that are like, you know, we're fighting for at-large bids before they won their conference tournament. So Auburn doesn't have that. Auburn gets a team who is, you know, in the NCAA's eyes, the fifth worst team in this tournament. You know? So I'm out of a a 68-team field. The fifth worst is, you know, one of the teams you want to play. So Auburn has the luxury of being able to play average for us and still winning this game convincingly. So Auburn has the luxury of being able to wade into the NCAA tournament, whereas a lot of other teams, they're here. They got to play. They got to play well. They got to beat their opponent. Auburn doesn't have to do that. Auburn has a game where you can just kind of go in before you have to play a really really solid team. So – this is something that someone asked me. So, obviously, the, the NCAA tournament, in my opinion, is the hardest postseason to win in any sport. I think that in any college or professional sport, the NCAA tournament is the toughest postseason environment to win a championship in. And conversely, making the Final Four is extremely difficult. You look at Coach K, the greatest coach in college basketball history, has made it to 12 Final Fours in, what, like 30 seasons? something like that that's incredible first of all it's great but you know auburn has made a final four and the follower that i was talking to was saying are our expectations set too high that we're expecting a final four seemingly every single season and either i'd love to hear your thoughts on just kind of obviously you know you're not going to expect a final four every season but this team is arguably the most talented team in Auburn basketball history. We expect great things from this team. But what would – how far in the tournament? What is the, the earliest exit that Auburn could have where you would still consider this season a success? Because if you look at Bruce Pearl's career at Auburn, he has only had, in my opinion, one season that was not a successful season in any means. And that was last season, the COVID season. I think the only thing that you can really turn from that season is saying, well, Jabari Smith committed during the season. I think that every other season, there are massive program defining things that you can define as a successful season, except for last season. So what would you say would make this season successful while not winning an NCAA tournament?
0: Yeah, I agreed that having Final Four expectations every year is unreasonable. And I think that being disappointed if we don't make the final four this year is unreasonable. My rule of thumb has always been wherever you're seated, that's the expectation of where you should go to. Anything that you go past that is overachieving and anything below that is failing. Okay? So, for example, if you're a one seed, the expectation, and you're disappointed if you go any less than the final four, because there are four one seeds. If you're a two seed, same thing. You need to make the Elite Eight. But then, you know, Sweet 16, if you're anywhere from a one to a four seed, you're happy if you make the Sweet 16. And then, you know, if you're a five seed, that's kind of putting you in the no man's land where round of 32 to Sweet 16. But that's what I'm saying. like. You, it's it's unreasonable for, let's see, let's just look at the bracket for a random team that typically has, okay, so North Carolina, Blue Blood has a great, you know, storied pass. They're an eight seed. So there have been tons of years where they have had the expectation of going to the Final Four or winning the national championship. If their fans are disappointed in the team for not winning the national championship or going to the Final Four this year, that was on the fans' expectation part. Like Because seeding for the NCAA tournament, and I think a a lot of people got confused and were trying to make a good point, but as Twitter often does, it's not enough characters to make the full point. And so everybody was saying conference tournaments don't matter. Okay, what they're trying to say is, for example, Auburn, we've played all year to be a two seed. Conference tournament didn't matter that we got bounced in the first round, they're not going to knock you off the two line because you've had this whole body of work and you had one bad game conference tournaments do matter if you go win five games and you're on the bubble and then people say well texas a&m won all those games and they were they didn't get in texas a&m wasn't on the bubble going into the sec tournament like they genuinely were not no one was talking about texas a&m as a tournament team going into the SEC tournament. At least I didn't hear it. Maybe some Texas A&M fans heard their people talking about it.
1: I think some bracketologists, I think about half the bracketologists had them as the last team on the next four out, which is kind of like if you're there, you got to win your tournament. If You you know, like it, it, was, it was a stretch for A&M to make it.
0: Yeah, because, you, okay, so for the people that are not big bracketologists, you have the last four in, then you have the first four out, and so that's your bubble. I would consider that really the bubble. And then you have the next four out. So that means that of the bubble teams, there's eight that are kind of swishing back and forth for four spots. And then you're in a group of 12 trying to swish around for four spots. You're not, I mean, it's a tough scene. Do I think AM should have gotten in? Yes. I also don't think that the committee did anything wrong because I think that honestly, like, this was a terrible year to be on the bubble. There were a ton of bid stealers from conference tournaments. There were a ton of people that got upset. And so this was just a terrible year to be on the bubble. If it was a better year to be on the bubble and you had more teams win their conference championship uh, that were supposed to win it, then yeah, Texas and probably gets in. But to say that the conference tournament doesn't matter is saying If you're a good team, it doesn't matter if you get bounced early. But if you're a bad team, it might help you. And that's what you should say. Conference tournaments don't matter for good teams. They matter for bad teams.
1: Well, and really, it's really like the, the, the committee, in my opinion, treated the conference tournament like if you lose, it doesn't matter. And if you win, it really doesn't matter either. Like, look at Tennessee. Tennessee really, I mean, they were a top, you know, 12 team going into the SEC tournament they beat really solid teams win the whole tournament and they only move up from a 4 to a 3 like that 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 wasn't really very generous by the i mean it was kind of like it was similar to in 2019 when Auburn won the tournament everyone thought we would be a 4 and we ended up being a 5 but they just they really didn't care they were like okay but like in the regular season you didn't impress us enough so we're going to put you here so i also think that
0: Tennessee's game is ugly every win that they have is in a mucked-up, just nasty game. Like, it, it is not an appealing brand of basketball to watch. And so, they're not going to move them to the two-line and kick Auburn off the two-line after Auburn won the regular season SEC tournament. So, that's why they didn't knock us off. Now, should it be argued that they should knock Kentucky, who they beat two out of three times off of the two-seed, including last week? Yeah, I think that's a very, very valid argument. But at the end of the day, and this is just a a sad reality of college sports, Kentucky is going to bring in more fans. They're going to bring more fans to watch on TV. And they're a bigger brand that no the, the casual college basketball fan is more intrigued to see Kentucky potentially get upset or Kentucky play Murray State. That's the matchup they wanted because that, is a great game for the NCAA brand. And that's what they're in the business of doing. They're in the business of putting together a television product. Now, the thing is people, a lot of people that probably listen to this podcast or, you know, that we talk to are big college basketball fans. Like we love college basketball. We're watching college basketball in November, December, all of this. Our dad is a perfect example. He has no idea that Tennessee is good at that. You know what I'm saying? Like, he doesn't know that Tennessee's been good for years. He he turns on March Madness and is like, oh, it's Kentucky. You know, like, he would rather watch Kentucky even though Tennessee's a better team. So that's like, that's the thing is the casual college basketball fan that watches the tournaments and watches when, you know, football and everything else is off, thinks Kentucky's a bigger matchup, and that's what the NCAA did. And it did. Exactly. It gave Tennessee the shaft.
1: Exactly. And, you know, to build on that, you look at that, if Kentucky and Murray – Everyone that there are there are a ton of people that just watch the NCAA tournament. That is the only college basketball that they will watch all season. They're going to watch the NCAA tournament, and they're going to when they're making their bracket, they're going to see oh, Kentucky's a two seed. I'm going to make pick Kentucky to win the whole thing. They haven't watched Kentucky a single time, but they know the name, and they're going to watch Kentucky and all that. But also Murray State, if they're playing them, like John Morant's can be tweeting about that game. And John Morant has a huge following. So everyone's going to be like, oh, John Morant's watching this game. I'm watching this game, Kentucky, Murray State. And it's going to bring in a huge crowd. More so, I mean, Tennessee and Murray State, they're like, okay, yeah, it's like it's an in-state thing. So it's like the state of Tennessee is going to be going crazy. But the whole world really doesn't care about Tennessee basketball. The whole world doesn't care about Auburn basketball. But the whole world cares about Kentucky basketball. And that's how it is. So, yes, I agree with that. And I really do agree with a lot of what you said. Um, you know, I, I think that this Auburn team, I agree, the Elite Eight is something that will make this NCAA tournament something to be proud of. I think that a Sweet 16 is the bare minimum. You have to make the Sweet 16 or is a failure. I think that if you make the Sweet 16 and lose to Wisconsin in the Sweet 16, you can spin it as, okay, if Jabari goes first overall, yeah, you won the regular season, there's a banner. Like, you can spin it as, okay, it was somewhat successful, an Elite Eight will solidify as a successful season. Anything outside the Sweet 16 will solidify as a, not a failure, but a massive disappointment. And that's something that you would always want to avoid with the most talented team in our basketball history to be labeled as a huge disappointment for the entire fan base. So last thing, Wheeler, give us your biggest Cinderella pick, a lower seeded, a, a team that is not a top five seed that you are picking to win it all in one of your hundreds of brackets that we are all going to make?
0: A not top four seed. Top five. I think top five. five. Ooh. You know, there are a couple that I think have the potential to do it. I think uh, the first team, and this is... Ah, they have a terrible path, a terrible path, and we just mentioned them. Murray State, Murray State is so hot right now, and uh, their last loss was to Auburn in, you know, at the time, Auburn Arena. Um, They're a good team, and uh, I think that that could potentially be an upset that you see. That would be a fun seven over two matchup. Uh, I think another team that has the potential to make a little bit of noise in the tournament is like you were saying earlier in Creighton. Uh, those big, Creighton or Marquette are both nine seeds that I could see making some noise in the tournament just because of the teams that they've played. And that's really why they're rated so low in the tournament. So look for Creighton, Marquette, or Murray State if you're going to. If you're looking for a bracket buster and just a fun thing to do, play with one of those guys.
1: I love it. I've got I've got some interest. I've got a couple, so I make for those. I mean, I love making bracket. I mean, it'll be like if I have like three minutes to kill, I'll just make a bracket real quick and I'll go crazy. I mean, I will pick every game at some point to be an upset in some bracket. So Seton Hall and Creighton are two teams that I love. You know Seton Hall, Creighton, and Marquette, they're all pretty much the exact same team seating-wise. I mean, it's eight, two nines, all from the same conference, all have good resumes, all are really good teams. Um, Seton Hall gets kind of a tough one because they have the Arizona uh, region. Arizona's a really hot team right now. Uh, but another one in that same bracket, and I don't think either of these teams will win a championship, but Chattanooga over Illinois is one team. That's, that's an upset that I'm picking in a lot of my brackets. Uh, just the style of basketball that Illinois plays, it's tough to win in tournament atmospheres. Uh, Chattanooga's really hot. And also, I have one bracket where Chattanooga and UAB meet up in the round of 32. Chattanooga advances to the Sweet 16. I think that's a sleeper. Weather's shaking his head. Houston's pretty hot right now. But, hey, I believe in UAB. I think the jelly Blazers,
0: time
1: the Blazers might be able to pull off a miracle. You know, you never know. But, you know, and looking uh, another one, Davidson. I have a bracket where Davidson's taking Duke down and making it to the Elite Eight. You know, from I've got Vermont upsetting Arkansas in some of my brackets in the first round. I mean, I go crazy. I've got Alabama losing in the first round a lot just because I hate Alabama and they play Rutgers. Uh, I've got Connecticut winning the whole Notre thing in a couple times. I I don't think it's going to be if it's Notre Dame, my bracket's busted because I. I'm picking Rutgers in that scenario the whole time. But uh, Boise State and Memphis, that's another one. I think Memphis could make a run. Jalen Duren's a top-ten player in the country. I think he could possibly do something. Obviously, they got to play Gonzaga, which is tough, but worth watching. Um, I think that this is going to be a really crazy March. I think it's going to be a lot of teams. I think it's going to be tons of upsets. This is not going to be the year where someone gets a perfect bracket. I'm really excited for... March to get going, and um, yeah, for those who don't know, I uh, we have made a bracket mania, or a tournament challenge, I think that's what they call it now. Um, let me see, let me pull it up real quick and uh, get you guys the title. I picked a title, which I you know, just kind of thought of in about the first five seconds of making this, and apparently a bunch of people have already had that title. So it's got some numbers after it, but for those who are listening to the podcast that want to join it, It is titled Bruce Pearl's Barbecue 458216. So if you want to make some brackets and enter in the tournament challenge, you can hop in that. Um, We'll probably have some kind of reward for whoever comes in first. Um, But, yeah, I think that kind of wraps up this podcast, just kind of breaking down the March Madness bracket where Auburn sits and just kind of the logistics of everything. Um, We'll probably be back here. Um, We haven't really decided yet if we're going to come back after every NCAA tournament game or we'll wait until the weekend's over and maybe just break down two games at once. We'll figure that out. We'll update you. all. Um, But yeah, so get excited. The NCAA tournament is here. We've been looking forward to this ever since Jabari Smith committed. Uh, I'm really excited. Auburn will play Jacksonville State at 1140 is the tip on Friday morning in Greenville, South Carolina. Hopefully Auburn will have a huge contingent there, but we'll be we'll see it and we'll update y'all as the game is going on. Uh, as always, thank you guys so much for listening and War Eagle,
0: War Eagle.